Welcome back to Miller's Movers, where each week I take a look back at the action from the weekend that's just been, and also on a Tuesday morning, take a look at the revised handicap marks that have been released by the BHA Handicapper from horses that run in the previous seven days. Got plenty to get through this week, so we'll crack straight on with it, and we'll start with the handicap movers and shakers, as ever done in the old top-of-the-pop style, going up, going down, non-movers and new entries, and we'll start with horses going up in the handicap. First one I want to talk about is a mare called I Love the Nightlife, trained by Joe Tizard, who's actually featured in this section before. I suggested when she finished fifth at Cheltenham behind Nurse Susan, beaten about five lengths over two mile four furlongs, it should be worth following when up to three miles. And she duly obliged at the first time of asking over three mile and one furlong actually at Plumpton, travelled very powerfully into the race, got to the front easily going to the second last, had the race won, and then idled I felt up the hill to mean that the winning margin didn't really reflect her true superiority over that field. She's up £6 now to a mark of 130 and I don't think that will stop her, particularly if she went into a deeper race where her ability to travel at a stronger pace would uh, be seen to better effect, or even on a more galloping track, and a combination of both would uh, certainly make her of real interest. So a mark of 130 I don't think will stop. I love the nightlife. A couple of Nigel Twist and Davis horses to look at now, and the first one is Cuthbert Dibble, who made a belated return uh, over hurdles at Chepstow last week, ran out a very easy winner on what was very testing ground. I thought it was interesting in the race uh, post-race interview that uh, Sam Tristan Davis suggested that uh, when he was beaten in the EBF final on Cuthbert Dibble last year, he felt that it was down to rider error. He wished he'd made more use of him rather than trying to settle him in. Now, the EBF final has thrown up plenty of good horses. Crambo was the winner. Etalon was placed and he's been very successful over fences this season. So the fact that they were disappointed with uh, Cuthbert Dibble's effort being beaten 10 lengths does suggest that uh, he's a horse worth keeping on the right side of. He's very well suited by heavy ground. Obviously, uh, Sandown can get very testing if we get plenty of rain in February, which is a, a high possibility. So I'm sure there's races yet to be won with Cuthbert Dibble off an £8 higher mark on 133. Also going up £8, also trained by Nigel Twist and Davis, is top of the bill. Now, he won at Exeter last week, and uh, I don't think he quite got the credit he deserves. The Carpenter um, and uh, a horse called uh, the Changing Man for Joe Tizard were both disappointed. The Changing Man made a very bad mistake, um, but I don't think that that should take away from the effort top of the bill put in here. It was a really good round of jumping, very solid staying performance. And he clearly likes Exeter. It's his second win at the track. He ran well on Chase debut at the track as well. I think he might stay a bit further than this three miles. And the Devon National on the 23rd of February might well prove to be a likeable target for him. I think he's got plenty of ability. Slightly goes under the radar each time he lines up. He's yet to go off favourite. And I think he's a talented horse. £8 higher mark, up to 135 Won't stop top of the bill at Exeter. A horse that got an absolute hike in the weights uh, from a very good performance, admittedly, on Saturday was Jinko Blue for Nicky Henson. Now, my initial reaction upon seeing that he got a £14 rise in the handicap up to a mark of 138 was just to put a line to him and think that he can't possibly win again. But actually watching it back, he was a superior horse of that race at every single stage. His jumping was very slick. He travelled very powerfully and he really quickened away from a horse called Titan Discovery, who we'll come on to in a moment. So, Jinko Blue, I think a mark of 138 is actually still workable, especially if getting back on some spring ground. I think the ground at uh, Sandown was probably tacky, perhaps not quite as soft as we thought it might have been, um, but some spring ground. I think Jinko Blue is a horse that can perhaps defy a mark of 138, 
but a cautionary word, he does need one more run over hurdles before he'd be eligible for a Cheltenham handicap. He's only had three runs and you do need four. So don't go taking prices about handicap hurdles unless you're certain he's going to get a fourth run in. And I'm not sure that's a guaranteed. The horse he beat at Sandown was uh, my next best on the SBK betting podcast. Yet another second, I hit the crossbar plenty this weekend, was Titan Discovery. But I thought he ran a really good race. For him, I don't think the ground was quite soft enough. He got outpaced, sort of leaving the back straight, stayed on really well up the home straight under Jonathan Burke. He's gone up £4 to a mark of 115. I'm certain that underestimates him, particularly if he gets a bit of softer ground back over two mile four. Just one horse going down in the weights, um, and we do have to mention him, and it's J-Lo, who faced, I think, an impossible task behind Nickelback in the Silly Isles at the weekend. Nickelback bolted out in front, had the race won for me as he turned away down the hill the second time at Sandown. Those fences there, he was very quick over them and just took a, enough of a winning margin out of the field at that point that they could never quite peg him back. Sadly, we, of course, lost Hermes Alem with a fall at the second last um, and really sad uh, postscript to the race. But I do think Jello was getting on top of him at that point, was going to be second anyway, um, and he's got dropped a pound for that. I was quite surprised. He's got dropped down a pound to a mark of 148. That would make him of interest into a handicap chase at Cheltenham Festival, particularly the Grand Annual if it came up soft, maybe the plate if it was slightly better ground. I think this is a horse with plenty of talent, continually goes under the radar, doesn't get mentioned much, um, and uh, he's certainly a horse I want to keep on the right side of heading into the spring. One new entry and one non-mover, and we'll start with the new entry, which comes from the Tom Lacey yard. There's a horse called Too Much Hammer. Now, he's been pretty disappointing in his three hurdle run so far and one bumper run. But when I spoke to Tom Lacey at the start of the season and asked him for a bumper horse to follow for the year, this was a horse he put up with and he said he's a very talented horse. He is a bit mad. He takes a lot of managing at home. Um, he ran poorly on his bumper debut and he's not done much better in certainly his first two hurdle runs. He's been very free. But he finished fourth at Hereford uh, last time, albeit beaten a fair distance. But crucially for me, he relaxed better in the early part of the race. His hurdling was better and he finished his race off. He galloped through the line once he'd been beaten. He's got an opening mark of 87. It's clearly a horse that's learning on the job. Tom Lacey is a very good horseman, brings these tricky horses along very nicely. Blowy Wad is a fine example. He was plenty mad enough when he was a young hurdler and they've tailor made him into a very nice chaser. So a mark of 87 for too much hammer. I'd be really disappointed if Tom Lacey Yard can't find a winning opportunity for him off that very low mark. And then a non-mover to finish with, and it's to Jamie Snowden trained Roger Pohl. He finished at Leicester, second at Leicester last week. Leicester, plenty of slow motion finishes uh, when you're watching that. Um, the ground looked really hard work and that stiff uphill finish. He was the first off the bridle of the first three home in that race. And yet he battled back. He was only beaten just under half a length. I think off a mark of unchanged mark of 119. They go up in trip with him. Uh, Roger Pohl is on a handicap mark that he can win off. Now we'll take a look back at the Dublin Racing Festival, which happened at Leopardstown over the weekend. I was really hoping that it would clear the muddy puddle that is the Cheltenham Festival races for me. Willie Mullins held such strength in depth uh, when it comes to particularly the novice contest at the Cheltenham Festival that it's quite helpful to get an idea as to where he's going to go with which horse and indeed what is the pecking order within his own ranks. I think it's cleared up in some ways. There's still a few areas of uh, sort of confusion for me, but here's what I've made of it and I'm not going to go through every single race. I thought the Spring Juvenile was a really interesting uh, 
he had the first four home, Kharjis, Stormheart, Majbra and Bunting. Now, I don't think any of those are going to get the better of Sir Gino. I'm really impressed by what he did at Cheltenham Trials Day. But Bunting, who finished fourth, was only his third run. Majbra, who was uh, third, was just his second run, as opposed to Kharjis having her fifth run and uh, Stormheart having their seventh run. Bunting, for me, is the one to take out the race going forward to the Triumph Hurdle. He had to come wide around the outside, turning in as they were quickening, and he didn't seem to handle that very well. He was leaning into his left, made hard work for his jockey, trying to keep him straight. And it, right at the very death, the final five, six, seven strides, he was really coming back at the three in front of him. I think the uh, new course at Cheltenham for the Triumph Hurdle Day on the Thursday will really suit this horse. He can get rolling out of the turn, got a long home straight to run at. I would be not too surprised at all if he were to finish in front of Kaji Stormheart and Majbrit if they were to line up for all that I don't think he'll get close to Sergino. Then moving on to what was probably the disappointment of the day uh, or the weekend was Marine National who, who bombed out pretty badly in the Irish Arkle. For me, the writing was on the wall from about the first fence. He was carrying his head very awkwardly high and up to the left and there was a loop in Michael O'Sullivan's reins as opposed to normally this horse is a horse that takes plenty uh, much of a grip and swings along just didn't look to be happening at all as a result his jumping which was very sure-footed on his chase debut was pretty lackluster he was a bit slow at the couple and uh, for all that he was still in there pitching to all intents and purposes turning in he wasn't going anywhere near as well as you would expect him to and he then made a mistake at the last and Michael O'Sullivan wasn't hard on him for me Tacky ground, the fact he wears a tongue tie and the fact he was holding his head up to the left does suggest there might be a bit of a wind issue going on there. In the UK, we have the BHA stewards inquiries in Ireland, the IHRB, they're called daily inquiries. There's always a bit of a difference. The, the BHA ones I always find tend to have more detail. The jockeys and the trainers tend to offer up more conclusions. In Ireland, that's not such the case. He was uh, investigated by a vet afterwards and was found to be post-race normal. Um, but I just wonder whether there's a bit of a wind issue going on there. I wouldn't completely disregard him. I don't want to back him at five to two, but I'm certainly not saying this is a horse that can't win at the Cheltenham Festival. One bad run should never ride a horse off for that. And if they can tinker with his wind, and if it is a small wind operation, they can be back working within a week. There's plenty of time to get him ready. And if he gets back on some proper nice ground, he could still yet win the Arkle for all that five to two is probably still a bit skinny for a horse that ran so Badly. Galloping Deschamps versus Fast or Slow, part four or part three, if you're Martin Brazil. Um, and I thought Galloping Deschamps had him beaten at every stage of the race. I've seen plenty of respected people suggest that Fast or Slow has got a good chance of reversing the form at uh, Cheltenham, given that his jumping was better. But I think Galloping Deschamps' jumping, which was a little bit sloppy, and you can see stats online that he lost ground to Fast or Slow at a number of fences, was simply because he was in front having to make his own running. I don't think it suits him. Yes, being ridden forward clearly suited him last time in the Savos chase, but cutting out the own running, I don't think suited him at all. He was there to be shot at. Fast or slow came with a challenge, and as soon as he got to Galloping de Champ, Galloping de Champ went away again. I'm sure there's going to be more pace on in the Gold Cup. I think Galloping de Champ will be able to sit second or third. I think his jumping will be better for that, getting a bit of a lead and getting towed along. And I don't envisage fast or slow reversing that form at all. If you do like fast or slow, then you have to consider Corrett Rambler. I've backed him uh, at an anti-post each way price. Um, he beat 
uh, fast or slow in the Ultima last year. He'll like this quicker ground that's likely to come at the Cheltenham Festival. He'll like the strong pace to run at and pace might well collapse. I think uh, for me, Corrett Rambler is the horse. If you like fast or slow, have a little saver on Corrett Rambler as well. The disappointment of the weekend was perhaps the small fields in a number of races and uh, Factafar versus Gaelic Warrior, just a two-runner race, was a little bit of a disappointment. Much was made before the race as to whether Gaelic Warrior would handle going left-handed given that he has this uh, tendency to jump out to his right. Personally, I think that's uh, a tendency that is overplayed by the media and, and pundits and I certainly wouldn't have that as the reason for him getting ultimately thrashed by Factafar. I thought his jumping was pretty straight going left-handed. He did jump right-handed at what would be the last first-time round, but that's where the paddock is. He's clearly got a bit of a kink to him. Um, but down the back, his jumping was very straight. And the more forward he was ridden to a fence, the straighter it was. But he did peck quite badly at the back of four out. And from there, his race changed complexion. Factor got alongside him and went away. And Paul Townend didn't really seem to feel like he had much of an answer. I wonder whether something went amiss with that. He then unseated Paul at the last, again jumping very badly to his right. And that is an exaggerated thing when he gets tired. I don't think you can really fancy him for Cheltenham now, not by the jumping right, but just by the fact that something clearly went amiss. Fact to file, it's hard to judge what he did, but he was very impressive with his jumping. I thought he might struggle to have the pace to lay up with Gaelic Warrior in places, and he certainly didn't, um, and stayed away powerfully. I think he'll win whichever race he goes for at the uh, Cheltenham Festival. And I suspect they will go towards the turn as they've got plenty of horses that they can step up to three miles. I think Factor might well be a horse for the Turner's chase. And he was really impressive. The performance of the weekend was without a doubt Ballyburn in the two mile novice hurdle. He showed unequivocally that he could cope with the drop back in trip to two miles, having won over further last time. Showed plenty of pace, got a very low head carriage. Uh, really takes the, the jockey along and then had the race one turning in and gallop powerfully away to the line. He has, of course, got plenty of options, as has Withy Mullins. Where does he go? The Supreme or the uh, ba uh, the Bearing Bingham, as it's now called. I think they will go to the Supreme with this horse. Um, you do have to stay in the Supreme because it's run at an end-to-end -end gallop. I think that will suit Ballyburn. They've got plenty of horses that they can step up in trip. Um, so for me, Ballyburn looks like Willie Mullins' Supreme horse. The one I would take out of the race is Daddy Longlegs. Again, I don't think he was suited by the tacky ground, as he was at the time before on soft ground. But prior to that, he ran on some nice ground and was very impressive. If we get a good bit of weather into the spring and the ground is riding like proper spring ground, Daddy Longlegs, wherever he goes, hopefully at a big price, would certainly be one that interests me. And then just one final note, Found Glory, who was probably the disappointment of the race, on the uh, Irish Daily Inquiries, he was found by the vet to have blood in both nostrils. So that would account for his poor performance. Whether Gordon Elliott can get him back and in top form before heading to the Cheltenham Festival is a bit of a question mark, but there was at least an explanation for his poor run. And then to finish with, I want to give you an anti-post bet for the Cheltenham Festival. It's actually a horse that runs today, which is Tuesday, at Taunton. And it's a mare of Jeremy Scott's called Golden Ace. She had some really good bumper form last year. She was second in the grade two mayor's bumper at Aintree behind Disa Enos, who is one of the favourites for the mayor's novice at the Cheltenham Festival. And Golden Ace made a really impressive herding debut herself over two mile three at Taunton last month. She was a bit novice in her hurdling at a few places, but as the race developed, her hurdling got better. 
And she put away uh, Insurrection and Lucky Place, who finished second. Now, Lucky Place has gone on to really boost that form. He finished second in the Grade 2 at the Cheltenham Festival Trials last week, uh, behind Gidley Park, who's a very decent yardstick. Golden Ace runs today over two miles back at Taunton. If she copes with the drop back in trip, and actually if she doesn't cope with the drop back in trip on that sharp track, I think she's a real interest. She's around 33 to 1 for the David Nicholson Mayor's Novice Hurdle. I think she's a very talented horse. If you look at the price of Diso Enos compared to, to her at 33 to 1, she is definitely worthy of an each way bet for the Thursday of the Cheltenham Festival. Well, that concludes this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. As ever, do get any questions you've got, any queries you've got about uh, how the handicap marks are formed or what you should be looking for. And I'll be back next week to answer those questions and hopefully find a few more winners in waiting.